What's up, everyone, and welcome to Project X Talk, an Xbox podcast, your weekly podcast all about Xbox. This is episode number 34. I'm your host, Kevin, aka The Muffin Mon, and I am joined this week by my lovely panel, Tom and Amon. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. You're muted, Tom. Good as always. Except for the meeting. Uh, Garrett, unfortunately, isn't joining us this week. He had a little bit of emergency. Um, now, before I introduce our special guest, which you can see on the screen if you're watching live, I want to remind everyone that we are live on YouTube every week on Thursdays around 4.45 to 5 p.m. Eastern time. Um, but if you can't catch us live, no worries. You can catch us uh, our video on demand on the channel and on all audio platforms on Friday, the day after. If you are on audio platforms, please drop us a rating. And if you could head over to Apple and drop us a review, it really does help grow the channel. I would love to see us get to 20 reviews over on Apple. We're, uh, I think, 10 right now, so we're about halfway there. So keep that up, guys. Uh, it really does help us out. Now, without further ado, I do want to introduce our guest this week. He's an ex-Sony game designer, having worked on titles such as Killzone 2 and Wipeout, the founder and CEO of Urban Zoo, and a member of the Midweek Mix-Up podcast, Chris Grinnell. Chris, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, apologies for the late start. Obviously, I had a bit of a bit of a crazy mix up with discord etc but yeah really excited to be on i know we've been we've been talking the past couple of weeks i think a few mm-hmm. kind of life things got in the way and so on and so forth so really uh really privileged to be on and i'm glad to finally kind of be here and to chat with you guys so thanks a lot for having me yeah thanks for coming on so before we uh before we go any further i do want to give uh all our guests a little chance to, to plug themselves so firstly what is urban zoo okay yeah so it's a project i'm working on at the moment so it's a it's a tech company predominantly we work in kind of sports technology so we do a lot of um websites apps etc for football clubs in in england so we work with a lot of clubs like everton aston villa um sheffield united you know celtic in scotland you name it so there's about 15 or so football clubs that we work with um and we're currently speaking to some kind of European-based ones. Um, a bit of a you know, bit of a diversion from game development, um, mm-hmm. but as I say, uh, you know, around about eight, nine, ten years ago, um, I kind of you know there was there was a closure at Studio Liverpool for Sony, and a lot of people had the opportunity to go over to Canada, etc. Um, and I'd been in games for game development for fourteen years at that point. In various countries all over the world, and I think it was just the right time to kind of you know take a bit of a break from it. I wanted to start my own business, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, Urban Zoo. I did a bit of consultancy after Sony, helped a couple of uh, startups who were looking at kind of mobile gaming and stuff in it, in its infancy at the time, um, and then yeah, set up Urban Zoo in 2013. Doing that as a project at the moment, I've got some game concept stuff in the background, which is kind of like a side project, which uh, I mentioned on Fonz's show a few weeks back. Um, and then I think once this project is is complete at some point, um, yeah, I'll look to to do some independent stuff in the in the games industry again. So not not gone, just taking a bit of a break for now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. That that sounds really cool. Um, I do have to uh, ask you: uh, Do you you guys work with my beloved Arsenal? Um, we don't at the moment, no. Right. <laughs> so, 
That's, we're slowly uh, so so we work with Fulham and uh, a couple of other clubs in London. Um, you know, not to say that we won't, um, but we're yeah we're just slowly kind of slowly cool. taking over the English uh, English football leagues at the moment. So uh, cool. one day with a bit of luck. Yeah, I'm an Arsenal supporter. I know Aman here is a Liverpool supporter, Liverpool. right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Liverpool supporter myself. So Joe. Born and bred hey. in Liverpool, uh, <laughs> so happy days. So we're not working with Liverpool yet, but maybe one day. So one day. Um, and moving away from Urban Zoo, uh, midweek mix-up. Your uh, your panelists on there. What? Uh, why don't you want to plug them a little bit? What's uh, what's going on there? It's, it's you getting into podcasting. Yeah. So uh, I've guessed. I've been a guest on that show for four or five times. So Drew. Wandering Dutch who runs that, you know, uh, good friends and obviously Fort Irwin, Archie, Patcher, you know, Sham, everyone else on the show. Um, and then, yeah, the opportunity was, I think when you get to the point where you do six or seven guest appearances, you may as well just be on the panel. Uh, so I think it was a natural progression to be part of that show. Obviously, uh, you know, I can't take any credit for that. That's, uh, you know, that's Drew's baby um, and, and the rest of the team have worked really hard on that. So, just glad to support it. I kind of like the the generalized, you know, conversation and stuff. You know, I think mm-hmm. the guys tried to stay away from Joe you know, too many kind of console wars and stuff. So just a nice yeah. kind of general chat, like yourselves. Um, and I know obviously you guys are predominantly Xbox fans, and I would say midweek, you know, mix up is uh, predominantly you know an Xbox uh, podcast. But obviously, we do kind of move into what other people are doing um but yeah it's just good to be part of a community and, and kind of help help it grow so uh yeah the guys are really good looking forward to e3 i think we'll be doing a kind of an e3 show like lots of people are going to be doing um mm-hmm. absolutely so yeah i was just glad to be involved in it really and get invited well that's awesome uh, everyone make sure you go check them out um you guys are it's wednesday right wednesdays yeah when wednesdays the, yeah. yeah midweek yeah, <laughs> midweek <laughs> Wednesdays and it's uh seven yeah seven p.m. British summer time at the moment. So we had we had Wilmy and uh, Husk on yesterday. Oh, uh, great guys! I think I think they were looking at like Google and Google you know, <laughs> Google Calendar did, didn't care for British summer time. So we were like an, an hour out and stuff. So um yeah, you've got to balance these things. Absolutely, good guys. Well, we'll uh, we'll stop grilling you over there. Um, and we'll move into our, our first segment uh, here on Project Next Talk. We start every week with one simple question. That question is, what you're playing? So I'm going to go around the room. Aman, what you playing? So, you know, like FIFA is my comfort game, but I'm done with FIFA at this point. So me and my friend, Goofy, we're, we've tr- we're trying to find something else. And I came across this game, which um, it's really famous, but like I've never played it before. Um, Rainbow Six Siege. And God... <laughs> I am loving it. I don't know why. I, I don't know why I didn't pick this up earlier. And with my friend group, I'm absolutely enjoying this game. I think Ella's probably my favorite operator. Um, I really like her Scorpion and her Grismal Mines. I'm pronouncing that right. But yeah, I'm enjoying the game so far. Oh, cool. Tom, what you playing over there? Uh, I've been playing a lot of Elder Scrolls online this week. I probably put. 20 hours into it uh, i'm just really excited for the expansion that's about to drop soon and then the series x update should uh be fun uh, it's just a really all-around fun game i really don't have a lot of people to play this so i'm just really going in solo and just 
blind. Uh, I just joined the guild. Uh, they don't want to talk to me because I'm a low level, so <laughs> I guess I just have to have to keep leveling up until they uh, accept me as one of their pack. Well, that, that's uh, yeah, that's a game I'm not gonna not gonna hop into with you, unfortunately. Uh, do you pay, that's monthly subscription based, right? Uh, if you want to, uh, oh, okay. you do get a lot of good benefits if you do pay a monthly subscription, but you do not need it. No. Oh, okay. Well, now a little more tempted. Uh, Chris, what uh, what are you playing? Um, so a couple of things at the moment. Um, I been just started having a look of uh, Knockout City. So I don't know if any of you guys had to go that. You know, good good fun and stuff. The main thing I'm playing at the moment is Bio Mutant. Uh, absolutely, so absolutely love and Bio Mutant. I know. It's had a bit of a hard rap. Um, I think mm-hmm. a mixture of, you know, some unjust kind of, uh, I think unjust press, you know, reviews and stuff. And then I think we had the whole kind of, you know, console war fanboy stuff because, you know, they the... couldn't quite achieve what they wanted to achieve on PlayStation, yeah. unfortunately. So, um, so I think it was something that I wanted to play anyway. But I think as soon as the developers started getting kind of, personal attacks against them and stuff i just made out you know i just made sure that i bought that kind of day one joe support mm-hmm. them um and actually i'm loving it i'm loving the exploration i'm loving the kind of the look and feel of the landscape it's you know buttery smooth on the ser- series x um enjoyed the combat's got a nice level of depth to it so i think it, it does feel a bit if you don't give if you don't give it enough time beyond like you know the first hour or so it, the combat does feel a little bit kind of you know button bashing um mm. but obviously you're just starting off as you know a you know a lowly low level bio mutant and as you start to unlock more of the the kind of wung fu moves and stuff like that you start to chain you know those kind of uh combos together you start defending properly and blocking and things like that so yeah it just opens up really nice and it's good to find new gear you know i'm on side quests which like certain reviews said the side quests were quite boring uh but I'm really enjoying the side quests. So I'm looking for different suits that allow me to explore different areas and things. So, yeah, good on the team. You know, they've they've done a really good job. I'm enjoying it, and and actually, quite a lot of friends I speak to uh, playing it on both kind of PS5 and Xbox. Uh, Joe are really enjoying it as well. So, yeah, I think it's had a bit of a, a hard rap, unfortunately, but it's uh, yeah, really, really enjoying it. Looking forward to what they what they do, kind of DLC and so on and so forth. Yeah, I know our uh, our buddy uh, Ains over at Season Gaming. He, he loved that mm-hmm. game. He gave it like a nine out of ten, I think, uh, on their site. So I've I've heard people I know have given good reviews of it. The general press has been very mixed on it, to say the least. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's odd. Uh, Ains's review was really good. Um, yeah, I think it was a good kind of you know, a good solid review. And as I say, a few. There was a few other decent guides saying, you know, the narrator could be a bit, you know, irritating at the start and things like that. But I just kind of turned him the frequency down on on the the narrator. But it's just got like a nice blend of, you know, obviously they took inspiration from things like Zelda. I think it's got like Joe you know, elements mm. of Joe you know, um, Phoenix Rise into it. It's just a fun game that you can kind of get lost in the world, enjoy a bit of combat, explore side quests and stuff. And one of the things I didn't really realize, obviously. We've seen screenshots of like mounts and stuff like that, um, but you end up getting like mechanized robots, and you end up getting these kind of jet ski things to you know traverse water and things like that. So there's a real diverse selection of vehicles and stuff. So it, it's got some great depth, and 
I'd highly recommend people playing it. Cool, cool. I know I just got a big patch. I'm wait. I think I'm waiting for the Series X version because uh, I said they said they were going to give a next gen update before I. Yeah, like the proper dedicated. Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, don't want to buy it and then like have it not be a free update because I don't know where THQ Nordic yeah. stands on free or free or not <laughs> updates. So, um, uh, that's in that's in my wait category. But my uh. I've been I've been busy this week, guys. Playing lots of games. Uh, still working through Mass Effect uh, Two in the Legendary Edition. Um, other than that, I've been playing uh, Ukulele, the original one, not the Impossible Layer, the one that's basically Banjo Kazooie uh, oh, yeah. reskinned. Uh, I just love three D platformers. It's a lot of fun. The game has so many little puns in it. Uh, Shovel Knight is in it. I. Did not know that. Uh, he gives you a quest to go do. Um, they have a thing called Cardos, the God of Ore. So uh, they're uh, they're very cheeky. Uh, I'm liking the game a lot. Other than that, I've been playing uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze and Yoshi's Crafted World with my girlfriend because uh, we're really enjoying two uh, two player co op games right now. Uh, really, <laughs> Donkey Kong's great. Yoshi is a little easy, but yeah, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze is, is absolutely fantastic, completely exceeding my expectations. Uh, the animations, it's, it's uh, absolutely gorgeous for the Switch. I wish every Switch game could look as good as this game. Um, I tried out Super Bomberman R Online, and this was a game you and me talked about, Tom. I don't know. Have you tried it yet? I did. It was a little weird. Uh, I, I thought I went into it thinking it was going to be more like Tetris 99. Yeah. It's good in its own ways, but I, I I see what you were saying about the microtransactions on that one. It's very well, I mean it was this was the game that was a Stadia exclusive and just came to consoles. Uh, it's very heavily microtransaction. It's kind of fun for a little bit. I don't know how much time I'll put into it, but it's a, it's a little bit of fun. Uh, I think it's an easy platinum is kind of the reason I want to keep playing it. I think I can just get that those like 10 trophies real quick. Bang that out. Um, and then I also started playing Operation Tango, the free PS5 game this month on PS Plus. Uh, it's You have to play with another person. It's like it takes two or a way out. Um, one person's a hacker, one person's a spy. And this game is way better than I thought it would be. Um, it's difficult and fun at the same time. You have to, you have to communicate. If you cannot communicate, you will not succeed because you have to. The other person has to describe what is on their screen to you. Like I was given like forty choices of a triangle and circle, but they were all like different combinations. And the other person has to describe what they're seeing in order for you to pick out the right one. So it's it's it's. It's really good. I would if you have PS Plus. I think it's only available for the PS5 version though, but it is on everything. Only one person has to buy it. You get a friend code to send to someone, and it's cross-platform. So, really, really no reason to. If you got a friend that wants to play with you on anything, just just pick that up and and go for it. Uh, other than that, I think it's time for us to get into the news roundup, guys, and we're done. Uh, just I'm just kidding. There's like no news this week, mainly because everyone's waiting for uh, E3. Uh, you know, news that relates to Xbox anyway. We have we have a few things that I'll quickly go over because there isn't really much to talk about. Uh, we have some Game Pass editions. 
Uh, the Wild at Heart comes to cloud, For Honor comes to cloud and console, and Backbone comes to PC, and then Darkest Dungeon comes to cloud, console, and PC. I think they're saving the majority of Game Pass for their showcase, what they're going to announce there. Uh, we have some new dates. Battlefield 6 reveal on June 9th. Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis also on June, June 9th. Uh, console exclusive, that is, uh, Fantasy Star Online. Uh, Crisis Remastered Trilogy is launching this fall for next-gen consoles. We have Tell Me Why, currently free for the entire month of June on Xbox, Steam, Windows Store, wherever you can get it uh, to celebrate Pride Month. Great gesture there from uh, the team at Don't Nod and Xbox. And then we have two rumors, guys, and we, we can talk about a little more about this one. Uh, according to Famitsu, a new school-based RPG will be revealed on June 10th, titled Monarch. The game is being developed by former Shin Megami Tensei staff, the original series, of course, that led to Persona. So you guys, uh, you guys excited about this at all? I've not seen much about it, <laughs> personally. No, so I, I'm not... I... Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm more, I'm more just the, just the developers and uh, what they, you know, school based has me. Obviously, everyone giving Persona vibes, so I'm, I'm kind of, kind of over, over hyping myself for disappointment here. But I'm looking forward to this because I played Shin Megami Tensei: The Devil Summoner on my PSP. It was actually one of the first games I ever played. Um, it was a great game, and um, yeah, I don't remember much from it because I was like. Eight, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, looking forward to this one. Of course, you were eight. <laughs> um, <laughs> it really depends on how much the school elements are involved in this, honestly. Uh, I like that about Persona 5, but to me, I'm not really about the whole, you know, high school dramas that they like, they love to do, like on uh, these JRPGs and on anime, for example. It's just a uh, Depends on how much of that we get, whether or not I'll be even remotely interested in that. Are you telling me that you don't like the relationship aspect of Persona? No, the relationship aspect was fine in Persona. And I I like Persona 5. Um, A lot of what Persona 5 did, well, a lot of it took place outside of the school. Those were my favorite aspects of it. Um, But obviously it was like, you know, diverged back to the school somehow. But it, as long as it's not the center focus, I should say, that's yeah. that's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, I know Persona 4 yeah. Golden, you can do a little more with the school activities compared to Persona 5. Like, you can join, like, the band and the soccer team, and it actually, like, boosts your stats and relationships. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind a little more uh, stuff like that. But, yeah, I definitely don't want it to be, like, a uh, slice-of-life anime where I'm just going to school because... Not about, not about that. Mayday bomber, Mayday bomber in the chat says, "Just make it a dating sim." Get rid of all unnecessary combat. combat and invest in these relationships. <laughs> that's a that's a take. Let me attend chemistry class. Slice of life anime is the best. That's a that's a take. <laughs> it's certainly a take. Um, so we'll we'll get more about that next week. I did just want to mention that. Uh, and then Jeff Grubb has been talking about Halo E3 uh, over on his Twitch channel. He said, Microsoft seems interested in catering to Halo-ass Halo fans, and thanks, and he thinks Halo will see Halo fans will see it as more non-Halo fans will see it as just more Halo. Sorry. 
stumbling over my words. Uh, he expects E3 to be focused on multiplayer and doesn't expect a Battle Royale at launch. Uh, he also says don't expect a major deep dive into Halo. They're busy finishing the game, not making vertical slices for E3. <laughs> Do you, uh, you guys think he's probably on the money here, or uh, you a little disappointed if we don't get a, a major deep dive? Would multiplayer be enough at A3? If it's a deep dive within the multiplayer, yeah, that's honestly the main draw for Halo for me. I mean, the story is what was there. You just started Rainbow Six. You just started Rainbow Six, a multiplayer, like, multiplayer exclusive game. <laughs> I don't know. I think the I think the Xbox console fans are going to be hungry, aren't they? So I think there'll be a bit of disappointment if we don't see. I think the the thing for me is I need to see Joe. I want to see it kind of running on Joe's series consoles. Really, we keep getting these kind of screenshots on PC and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. Joe, Halo isn't Joe. Halo isn't traditionally a PC game. It's a Joe. It's an Xbox console game, and I think people need to have. A little bit of reassurance that it's kind of you know, on track, it's looking good, and, and so on and so forth. I don't necessarily know they need to go into a you know a super big deep dive. I mean, personally, I'd like the team to you know carry on, Joe, you know, finish the game, get it ready. But I think you know after the kind of last show, and which for me personally wasn't wasn't that bad. I think coming from a, a development background, you know, I kind of understand and appreciate and see some of these. You know, little snags and uh, you know for what they are, but the 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 thing for with Halo for me is the gameplay just looks spot on. You know, really fast. You know, moving through the level. Obviously, the use of like the grappling hook and stuff like that. So all what Halo is kind of renowned for. You know, really sharp, really quick kind of shooter. Um, it looked to capture that. Obviously, people wanted to be blown away, and people had you know, you know certain people may have had. You know, expectations blown out of proportion and stuff, uh, not fully understanding what we were going to see from early next gen. Um, but I think we just need a little bit of confidence, or people need a little bit of confidence to see that kind of what does it look like on series consoles? What does it look like on series X? You know, does it, has it made you know, enough of a kind of leap forward so people have got faith in 343 delivering? Um, so I think it will be a bit disappointing if they don't go, Joe. They don't show us something on on console, but you know, like anything, you know, let let everyone finish it off. Let's get a good polished game in my eyes, and uh, you know, let's play it when it's ready. Yeah, absolutely. Now, speaking as some, uh, since you have the development background, how much, how much, how much resource wise, how intensive is it to make these uh, vertical slices for like shows that we see? Oh, it's a, it's a massive distraction. So it can really kind of take away, it can take away the kind of you know flow and momentum and, and things like that. So uh, you know we used to you know we used to have to look at kind of cutting off a you know three or four month old build. So you, you're running up to kind of E3 or a big a big event. You, you know three or four months before that, you're kind of trying to get your most stable build available. Then you kind of you know. Uh, section that off you keep that kind of safe and then you've essentially got resource of the team you know polishing that particular bit of gameplay making sure that the ai acts correctly making sure that the scripting's correct you know removing any kind of anomalies and things like that and that's resource that you know is better spent on getting the game done you know and it used to be quite frustrating for us as a team and it's not like sony's fault or you know it's 
it's the nature of the beast. But you know, you yep. you, you take a good chunk of your team, and you'll and you'll you'll lose artists to the vertical slice. You'll lose you know AI programmers. You'll lose kind of physics people. You you'll lose gameplay designers if there's some weapon play or or you know driving model depends on what the game is, etc. Flying model, you know, in wipeout and. It's just a it's just a resource uh, hog really, um, and it tends to be a, you know a period in time when you as a development team are kind of in the flow. You know you're moving towards kind of getting that game finished. And I think one of the things that people don't realize is that it it's really difficult for people developing games because you've been living and breathing that for three, four, five years, depending on how, how big the game is. And by the time you get to kind of release, yeah, it's really good to see what people's reactions are and see whether you've kind of achieved what you try to achieve. But the last thing you want to do is really is want to play multiplayer on that game. You know, <laughs> you've kind of had enough of that game. You want to you want a bit of a break and you want to start kind of on the next game. And obviously, you'll have friends and you'll have people who kind of you know want to pull you into a multiplayer game or have a race or do this or do that. Um, but really, it's kind of the last thing you want to do because that's all you've thought about. It's all you've kind of worked on for, as I say, four or five years. And then you know, for you, it's kind of time for a break and time for a change. And um, so it's a, lot, it's, you know, it's a hard slog. And then, so that's why I, you know, that's why it kind of bothers me when, because the last thing you want is, a load of developers like THQ getting stick, you know, yeah. oh, you didn't do this and, you know, you haven't looked after kind of the Sony players and stuff like that. That's nothing to do with THQ. That's you know, mm-hmm. a fundamental flaw in how backwards compatibility works on PlayStation at the moment and what the, the tools that they've got. But the developers got the brunt of it. And I, and I think we saw a very good kind of social or, you know, community manager on thq's you know twitter oh, yeah. kind of their twitter was great yeah answering and joe answering those questions in a good way and joe trying to stop people from kind of you know don't be mean you know we're we're a small team in the grand scheme of things and stuff like that so it's yeah it's a it's a massive resource hog and there's also like an unrealistic expectation of what you're seeing as well so i said this on midweek and i also said it on uh, Booms podcast on uh, on Monday. I was on that, um, and it's I'm I'm not a huge fan of vertical slices because it's it's a very kind of controlled and and fake version of you know how a game mm-hmm. is played. Uh, and we were talking about Horizon, you know, Forbidden West, and I, I wasn't kind of having a pop at Horizon. I was talking about when we saw Division. The division one, that vertical slice that we saw where they kind of yeah. moved into the police station and everyone was kind of acting, you know, properly. And we'll stand here and we'll pretend that we're a squad and we'll shoot some advertising signs so the sun beautifully shines through bullet holes and stuff like that. And so, all of these things kind of the scripted to provide, you know, the perfect vision of what the game would be like. And, and you know, the AI scriptings, the, the, the designer or whoever is playing the game and recording is playing it in a very perfect particular way to make sure that everything works and in the correct manner and so on and so forth. So um, it's quite difficult sometimes to, you know, it looks great and it sells, you know, it sells the kind of the scene and the atmosphere, but 
you know, as soon as you go into a game and some lone wolf just goes like Leroy and kind of you know, runs off and <laughs> breaks all the spawnings and everything, and you're like, "Well, where's this experience that I've just kind of seen?" And they're not chasing me the way they were, and I didn't climb up this post and so on and so forth. So, I think it's uh, you know, of course you need to PR, you need to advertise, you know, your games, but yeah, it's a resource hog and it's a slightly unrealistic, you know, version of what. The game is going to be like because Joe, you know, if you if you take Forbidden West for example, Joe, you know, yes, you're gonna at some point you're gonna have to climb up those pillars to jump out of of that little scene where the robot raptors were chasing. But you know, what if you just stand at the bottom and don't want to climb? Do you know, and this is what I was saying on the yeah. on on the podcast. Are those raptors kind of continue to climb because they're scripted, or are they having a fight at the bottom? Joe, you know, is it kind of a forced progression mode? So you die, you know, or something like that. Um, so all of these things look amazing, and they are like a movie trailer. You know, they sell, you know, sell yeah. a film or, or whatever it is. Um, but it can give a bit of a false expression. And and there's always, it, it never says, but it should have a caveat saying, all of this is subject to change, because it sometimes <laughs> it, it usually does. You know, something will drop, something will... There's very clever cuts and so on and so forth. So, Joe, you just, it, it's great to see. And I like to see gameplay and stuff like that. I'm certainly not knocking Grilla. Grilla are a fantastic developer, you know, really talented, talented group. Um, but sometimes the developers get put under a bit of unjust pressure, you know, to, mm-hmm. to show, yeah. some, show some of the golf and these, when they want to finish a game. Yeah. 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 No, that's, I think that was, that was amazing insight. Well, wow, I was, uh, uh, captivating certainly getting getting some inside uh development scoops here um speaking of playstation we do have a question um from yellow devil in the chat he says thoughts on god of wars ps5 version looks like the best stuff is going to be cross-generational uh i'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this one over to, to tom aman well i will we'll get everyone's opinion but uh what do you guys think? Is this a, is this as big of a deal as a Twitter is letting me out? I'm thrilled. You're thrilled. I'm thrilled it's coming on PS4. Yeah, because I don't have a PS5 yet, so I'm kind of happy it's coming on PS4. But yeah, I do understand the frustration. Like Jim Ryan said, we do believe in generation. Whereas he isn't really showing that. Uh, he just said it. And now Horizon Forbidden West, Gran Turismo 7, and God of War Ragnarok probably are all confirmed to be on PlayStation 4. So. It is a little disappointing, but me personally, I'm thrilled because I get to play it now. Okay. Tom, what's your, uh, what's your reaction? I was in the same boat. Like The reason I was going to get a PS5 this year was because I need to get God of War. Um, I don't care that it's coming to PS4. I mean, that's good for me. I'm going to play it on the PS4. Um, there's a lot of... Uh, you know, hate on the internet on Sony side, and I get because of because of the backtracking pretty much about like you know believing in generations. I mean, but in all honesty, these systems like the PS4, Xbox One, and the new consoles—they're all built on like the x84 architecture, so it should really be a lot more scalable. Especially when you look at the PC side of things and how they are able to manage, you know, to work on such a wide range of you know units and graphics cards. So. I see why people like want to justify their purchase. Like, oh, I got a PS5 for God of War. That doesn't mean, you know, the other guys 
on the PS4 side of things can also enjoy good things. So that's my take. I, my, I'm, I'm torn. I understand from a business decision why they do this, uh, why, why they're doing it now. My problem is they've never done it in the past, right? Like you couldn't play infamous second son on your PlayStation three. And I understand the PlayStation three is a different architecture, but what is like, what is the point in getting a, a PS five? It's to play next gen games. And I'm not trying to take games away from PS four players, but there are more PlayStation fives in the wild right now than there were PS fours at this time in the life cycle. So why was the PS4 getting exclusives and the PlayStation 5 isn't? Is it just because the PS4 sold more than the PS3? Possibly, probably. But as someone with a PS5, I do want those next-gen experiences. And it's something, you know, we we talked about this when Xbox said that they were going to support cross-generational play for like two years and Xbox One was getting everything. Like, I would love if Halo was simply dedicated to the Series X. Like, I understand there's similar architecture, but building for one ecosystem or one console or even two with the Series S is a lot easier than building for multiple, right? Maybe maybe I'm wrong here, but Chris, you, you want to correct me on any of that? Or? No, I think, um, I think the, the, the issue the issue is, is transparency. So I think... Uh, Sony have always been a bit cloak and dagger, um, and you know, very kind of traditional, very kind of you know, you keep your secrets close to your chest, and very worried about kind of you know the enemies out there, and they're going to copy what we're doing and things like that. So, in its kind of, it kind of you know, PS like Vita, you know, infancy and things like that, when we had like dev kits, mm-hmm. Sony were petrified of Apple, absolutely petrified of Apple, because. A mobile, you know, a tech company made, you know, an iPhone which you could play games on and stuff like that. And a lot of the developers were like, you know, that's a totally different kind of gaming experience. And there was, you know, there was kind of like multiple layers of NDA. There was a small group of kind of fifteen to twenty people working on the new handheld hardware, and it was secret. And it was kind of like a sackable offense if anyone outside of that room, even within the Sony organization, found out what it was and stuff like that, because. It obviously had like the, you know, there was like touch elements on the back of it, and the, and there was all this kind of thought that kind of, you know, well, Apple are going to do the same, and and Apple are going to put two screens on, and they're going to try and outdo, and all of this kind of stuff. And Sony don't really need to be like that, you know. PlayStation was, yeah. you know, it was the kind of birth of like three D gaming, and you know, its brand is kind of strong enough as it is. And I think the problem that a lot of fans have got, so you've got two things which are happening at the moment. You've got the kind of you know unfortunately you've got the console wars so you've got the yeah. you know you guys better have the same you know the the same sort of kind of flex and so on and so forth because all you did was argue the fact that series s was going to hold back series x mm-hmm. so there was that kind of narrative um and of course sony wanted people to go out and they wanted to make ps5 you know the fastest selling playstation console they wanted people to grab that off the shelf because Guess what? We've got God of War coming. We've got all of these games coming. The PS5 exclusives, and you're going to get these experiences where you can't get it anywhere else. And lo and behold, I I knew from day one they were going to be cross-generational stuff. Because if you think about it, those teams will have been making the games 
long before PS5 was around. You know, there would have been a gener- generational switch. They would have been you know, developing it for PS4 Pro. Then there would have been a switch to start looking at PS5 hardware and so on and so forth. And you've got 140, 50 million units out there. So why wouldn't you want to sell to that crowd? And I think all Jim needed to do and Sony needed to do was turn around and go, these games are coming. They're going to look fantastic on PS5. They're going to look yeah. the best version of that game on PS5, but we're also going to support you know, our mm-hmm. huge you know, previous generation fan base and so on and so forth. And this whole kind of we believe in generations thing has just backfired massively. And it's, it's kind of the, to the point where it's not just fanboys now. You've got PlayStation fans who are a bit disheartened. You've got press saying, actually, why can't you just be transparent with your customer base and say, this is what we're going to do. And in the same way, you know, we all knew for years that PlayStation games were going to come to PC. You know, lo- lots of us were talking about them coming to an untapped market. And why wouldn't you if you wanted to make money and, you know, Decimal Engine works perfectly on PC and, you know, all of these things. So I think it's just a case of transparency. And for me, that's where Phil is kind of a, a, a great leader on the Xbox side and Xbox have always been transparent. There's always been individuals mm-hmm. who will speak to you on Twitter, reach out to you, engage in conversations, you know, Jason Ronald, Joe Aaron Greenberg, whoever it may be, you know, Josh uh, Muncy, all of these people will have a conversation but it's a conversation which isn't PR led, you know. You know, I've spoken yeah. to Josh a few times in 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 direct messages and things like that, and they've just been genuinely interesting conversations where I've asked the odd question and he's gone, actually, I'm not quite sure. I'll double check and this, that, the other. Um, and I think that's kind of you know a refreshing part of 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 Xbox's trait. And the thing is, is I you know Herman's a, you know he's a great. Great person, great leader, great entrepreneur, got loads of background in games. So for me, he, he almost should be the the kind of, you know, Phil Spencer. He should be a voice that, you know, speaks to people, speaks to the PlayStation <laughs> fans and so on and so forth. And be transparent and not just rely on these kind of blog posts, which then contradicted that, like, you know, Gran Turismo was going to come to previous generations and, you know, all this stuff. And then you look on the flip side with the new Forza, you know, Xbox have turned around and gone, it's, you know, series console only because we're doing, you know, new tire models, we're doing advanced physics, you know, we're doing all of these things that we want to be the best version they can be. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, we're not going to support previous consoles so we can achieve those things. And it's purely about transparency. And I think that's the thing which people are getting a little bit fed up of, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I think if it, I think if they had come out from the start and, and said that these were going to be cross gen, then there would be a lot less back. I mean, they would have got initial backlash, but the backlash right now would not be there. And I do think it's it's overblown. Like ultimately, it isn't that big of a deal. Like you, if you have a PlayStation Five, you're going to play the PlayStation Five version. You can be like, oh, the PS4 is holding it back. Well, if they wanted, if they felt that way, they would design it strictly for the PS5. Like if like Ratchet and Clank, Ratchet and Clank designed yeah. specifically for the PS5. Yeah, and you've got you know there's reasons for that. You've got the kind of level traversal, which it's not. There's been kind of crazy stories that oh the Series X can't do that because yeah. the PS5 has got you know a super fast SSD and stuff like that, which is not true. But uh, uh, you know 
the PlayStation 4, with its kind of mechanical hard drive and stuff, will have problems with that type of traversal, you know, because you're caching, you're kind of instantly loading, you know, you've got that extra grunt. Um, and obviously, they want to go to town with, like, Ray Tracer looks beautiful on Ratchet and Clank. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, as well, I, I don't understand what the disappointment is, because you can see, you know, Miles Morales is still an absolutely beautiful game on PS5. And and you can play it on PS4 and you know all of these yeah. things. So so some of the cross gen stuff, and and I was on RDX podcast you know way back you know uh, even last year it may have been or something, and a dealer and and I and the rest of the panel were saying you know this kind of being held back by the Series S and stuff like that you know is nonsense. You know, there's a reason why you know the uh, GDK has been built and all of these tools have been built to make things easier you know to port a kind of pc and different consoles and so on as you were saying so i think the people it bothers more are the people who are chasing kind of clout are the people who say yeah i've got this most powerful console and you can't get it anywhere else and stuff like that and this kind of exclusive argument which is which is crazy you know if you play a game on a an xbox or a ps5 and then Days Gone's gone to a PC. People are in uproar now because it's like it's not exclusive for PlayStation anymore, and it's kind of it's exclusive for PlayStation on console. And you know the PC. Yeah, there's a few of us who were lucky enough to have a gaming PC and a PlayStation and an Xbox and so on and so forth. But if you're a you know if you're a real staunch PC gamer, you don't care that that's on an Xbox or on a PlayStation yeah. or whatever. When that comes to and you've only got to look at what the sales have been like for. Uh, you know, days gone. Um, you know, top of the charts on, on on Steam, and people really experiencing it like the best version of the game, and so on and so forth. Um, I, I haven't got a problem with more gamers enjoying more games, and I think the majority, you know, you guys, the majority of sane people yeah. don't have an issue with more gamers enjoying more games. It's just those, you know, fanatics or those people who are chasing clout are the ones who want to go. This is mine. You can't have it, um, and as soon as it becomes available for someone else, it's they turn on on their beloved company, you know, in a really bad way. And I, I think it's a bad look, really. Um, gaming's supposed to be a hobby and supposed to be fun. It's like, you know, so why does it become what it becomes on social media? It's crazy. Yeah, no, I I, I completely agree. I, I think we're all in agreement here that. You know, stop sending death threats to everyone. We don't need. We don't need all this. Uh, just enjoy the game when it comes out. Whatever platform you have, you'll you'll enjoy it. God of War Two will be amazing. Everyone's gonna love it anyway. So once it's out, nobody's gonna complain. Yeah, it doesn't matter what hardware you've got. If you've got a talented team, you know, like like those guys and girls, you know, like Insomniac and stuff like that, like Nintendo, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> the, you know the we the weakest bit of hardware, and the games are kind of timeless. You know, the, the they've got like a beauty to them. They work really well, and so on and so forth. And so, just imagine what Nintendo stuff's going to look like if we do get you know the Switch Pro Switch that Pro. people have been kind of rumoring and stuff like that. So, it's you know the talent will make use of you know what hardware they've got. Yet the you know the better specs and the better kind of you know I/O and the better combination together. At some point, you're going to produce something, you know, even better. But um, it doesn't mean God of War or any of these games are going to be terrible because you've only got to look at like the previous God of Wars or The Last of Us or Uncharted. 
which looked amazing on PS4 Pros and stuff. Yeah. So we're in for a treat, and you know, people just need to, as you said, yeah, people need to just enjoy where they're going to be able to play it, really. <laughs> Yellow Devil says, I need to delete my threats. <laughs> Please do so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we, uh, we brought up the Switch Pro and, and rumors, so I think we'll uh, transition off our uh, our you know, side tangent about God of War, and we'll move into the uh, fun topic of the show, which is our E3 predictions. They're going to be a little outrageous. We told everyone, you know, have a little fun with them, but keep them in the realm of reality. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with with Tom. Tom, why don't you give me one of uh, one of the eight you uh, you came up with? All right. So my first one is uh, Microsoft announces Halo Infinite multiplayer alpha and drops it the same day. I don't awesome. believe this is I don't believe this is unreasonable either. Uh, the game's what five months off. I feel like doing an alpha and getting some you know real time player input or this early on can help shape it and better refine it. So when they do come down with the eventual beta later on, you know it'll be a much more grounded game. Mm. Plus, I really just want to play Halo. Just give it to me. I one map is all I need. Four v four, please. Alpha, alpha though. Like, why don't why don't we just? I'd rather just go to a beta, right? Like, alpha kind of worries me that it's not as far along as it should be. I mean, I'm not a game developer. I have no idea what the progressions should be. To me, it seems like reasonable alpha. You know, beta is like right about. It's almost done, and then you know. But okay, all right. I think that's a reasonable prediction. Uh... I don't think anybody will disagree with you. If they do, speak now, forever hold your peace. Yeah, it seems pretty reasonable within the realms of reality. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of someone that probably won't have something in the realms of reality, Aman, what, uh, what prediction you got for me? So my first prediction, this was kind of a no-brainer. Um, this one is Elden Ring will be fully announced, a gameplay trailer, and it will get a release window of spring 2022. Okay. Um, I mean, I've heard Elden Ring won't be at E3 and it'll be at uh, Summer Game Fest. So, uh, maybe. I don't know. I think, it, I think it will be at E3. Because Bandai Namco is at E3. What else do they have to show besides Elden Ring? Yeah. Scarlet Nexus, Tales of Arise, whatever other yeah, but we've anime seen game. We've already seen all that. We haven't seen enough Tales of Arise. We, Let me tell we, you. We, yeah, we we might get some more tales of rice, but we need, uh, you know, we need a, they need to end the show in a big way, and no, there's no better way to do it besides besides like Elden Ring. So, Elden Ring. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I honestly feel like if they did Elden Ring, they would do that on one of the big showcases, like PlayStation or Xbox, not like their own publisher event. I agree, but we'll I still agree that could happen. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Uh, Chris, you got, a, you got a prediction? I know we uh, we threw this at you. Just some outrageous predictions. I reckon... Yeah. Uh, so I think Dying Light 2, Battlefield 6, and Far Cry 6 all come to Game Pass Day 1. Boom. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just triple whammy, you know, take that. 
I've we're, heard we're, Battlefield. We're not, we're, we're not just bringing first-party games to Game Pass. We're bringing massive hitters to Game Pass. Have some of that. No, I think one. I think one of those will come to Game Pass. Maybe two. I think that's a, a fair prediction. Battlefield, I know, is heavily rumored. We've seen that. I think Dying Light. Yeah, and I think Xbox obviously got Dying Light paid. You know, they funded Dying Light to come out to kind of develop a purgatory. So it kind of feels like you know they part funded that to kind of get it back on track and stuff. So you can imagine that landing. Um, yeah, as you say, you know, there's the kind of rumors of Battlefield Six coming. I think Battlefield Six coming to Game Pass makes sense just because of the attachment rate, really. You know, with if you know if EA won a kind of day one, Joe, you know, let's get fourteen million people, you know, plus onto mm-hmm. Battlefield Six, um, and let's get those servers packed. And Joe, you know, I'm sure, even though they're they're trying to say they're moving away from it, but I'm sure there'll be additional packs and you know you name it to buy. So they're not going to kind of lose revenue in that regard. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, so I can see those two. The Far Cry one's just me playing a bit. Um, I think not necessarily E3, but I definitely, definitely think that uh, you know, you, you know, you play or whatever is coming to Game Pass before the end of the year. I think that's going to be the next big Game Pass Ultimate. You've got EA, you've got Ubisoft. You know, the I think uh, Xbox are going all out as we know to to make that the place to. Uh, to play games and and bangers and whatnot, um, maybe a cheeky little Warner Brothers acquisition just being oh, saved right, for E three. Right, well, you know, let's, let's not blow all the predictions. We we <laughs> go go around a few times here. Uh, all right, I see a monster whispering in your ear about this Warner Brothers. Um, I'll give my first prediction. Where do I want to start here? I mean, I'll go with the one Tom saw, and it's it's pretty on brand for me. If you uh, if anyone listens to our podcast, uh, Banjo Kazooie Three is revealed and will release in 2023. It's being made by Playtonic, who Xbox have licensed the IP out to, and it will release on Xbox and Nintendo Switch. Mm. That's my prediction. Uh, I love Banjo Kazooie. Playtonic are the ukulele people, aren't they? They're the ukulele people. Yeah, yeah they're the ukulele yeah. people. Uh, they were. Uh, we actually, uh, we actually had a Twitter exchange with them recently, saying that they would love if the love to make the game. They're big fans, but yeah. uh, that is not something that they're currently doing. But I, I say make it happen, Xbox. And I said Nintendo Switch because uh, I feel like you have to. I know it's an Xbox game, but I don't think it'll hurt putting it on Switch like they did with uh, Ori. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that one happening. I'd love it. All right, Tom, round two. We got these are all too little, too realistic here, guys. Come on, there's the, where's the <laughs> ridiculous. I'm gonna save my good ones for later. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, so Ubisoft announces you play uh, plus for consoles, not specific to Game Pass. They're just gonna announce it for console wide, just like they have it on PC now. <laughs> Okay. All right. Also, a heavily rumored one. The, the problem, the problem I have with UPlay coming to Game Pass is that I don't think UPlay will come to Game Pass because all Ubisoft games launch day one on UPlay. Does that mean they'll launch day one on Game Pass? I don't think that will happen. 
I think they'll have something like the entire Ubisoft backlog comes on Game Pass like this holiday or something. New releases don't. Yeah. Maybe like six months after they launch or a year after they launch or something like that. I mean, I, don't, I really don't care either way. As long as they release Uplay Plus, I only play a couple of games of theirs a year. Uh, if I can pay $15 for one month of Uplay Plus to beat the game that I want to beat and then just drop the subscription until I want to resub, that's not, that's game for me. I don't have to pay $60. I think the reason, I, I think for me, the reason why it will happen is because obviously Ubisoft have cut kind of like the attack rate to, to the Game Pass that we're going to kind of move to what potentially could be 18, 20 million Game Pass subscribers or Game Pass Ultimate subscribers by the end of the year. That's just something that if Ubisoft want to do this games as a service. So if you think like a lot of Ubisoft games become like Rainbow Six Siege, you know, they've got lots of microtransactions in those games to make money. So let's attach as many people as we can to 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 our services and then let them just buy, you know, uh, wearables and usables and you name it. Um, I think I think you've got you know you've got a good take on it there, Aman. I think. Um, yeah, having the back catalogue available to everyone is, is great because it'll kind of rekindle, you know, some people to be able to play the games. Um, but I think, yeah, I think they could reserve some of the kind of AAA bangers, but then some of these kind of games as a service may drop onto to Game Pass as well. So I think it's an interesting, you know, it's an interesting look at what, especially with what's gone on with Stadia and stuff. So, Joe, you could kind of see it not happening because they were really kind of, Joe in bed with Stadia, but unfortunately Stadia is just kind of going in a direction that a lot of people thought it would go in, sadly. Yeah, I do see your point there. There's also the new Division game launching this year, which is supposed to be free to play. The one from Heartland Studio, I think. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I do see your point there. Alright, well, Aman, you're, uh, you're up for round two. So this will be part of the Ubisoft showcase again. Um, I believe we will get a gameplay trailer for Beyond Good and Evil 2. And we won't get a definite release date, but we will get a gameplay trailer for Beyond Good and Evil 2. And that's just Ubisoft saying the game is still uh, the game's still live. It's going to happen. And I think it should come out around 2023 or late 2022. Hasn't it been in development forever? That's so long. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, just been yeah, around yeah. for so long. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I've given up on this game ever coming out. So I'm, if it comes true, we'll I'm, with we'll I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Will it into existence? Will it into existence? <laughs> All right. Um, I think it's uh, Chris's turn. Uh, okay, so something a bit different. I think we will see uh, an Alan Wake sequel. So I so I'm not saying it'll be connected to kind of so not necessarily saying it'll be like Xbox publishing it or you know anything like that, but I think Joe someone will be uh Joe someone will be doing Alan Wake. Um yeah, I I think it's too much of an interesting series to to go mm-hmm. you know, to go away. Um in fact actually no, I think just trying to think who owns the IP. Is it back with Remedy? Uh, or Yeah, I think Remedy owns it. Yeah, so I think they'll do it. Someone else will publish it. I don't think it'll be like 
exclusive to any particular platform. I just think we'll see an Alan Wake sequel finally. So that's that's my round two. I'll 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 keep it into singles now rather than, <laughs> rather than <laughs> I mean, that would, my ideas. That would be great. That would be great. We definitely need a, a sequel to Alan Wake and they can put it in the control universe, you know, since yeah, they yeah. kind of weaving those together. They can they can build off that. I think it would I think it would really do really well based on the mm-hmm. reception they had with control. So I'll uh, I'll pick one. What do I want to go with here? Um, okay, I will go with this one. PlayStation, whenever they do their show for the summer, uh, obviously not an E3, it could be Summer Game Fest or July or whenever they're doing their presentation. Uh, PlayStation announces the return of Sly Cooper or Jack and Daxter developed by Media Molecule or Sumo Digital. Or you have to pick. Or no, <laughs> one of those developers will be doing it, and it'll be I, one of those IPs. I'm giving myself wiggle room here. That sounds like cheating, but I will love a new Sly Cooper. I would love a new Sly, Sly Cooper. Uh, I was really disappointed. I, I was like, did I, I wanted a collection. There's a Jack and Daxter collection that you can play on the PS4, so you can play on the PS5. And I was like, is there a Sly Cooper collection that I could I could go get and play? Uh, no, you can only play those on PS now, and I am not doing that. So give me give me Sly Cooper, preferably. I think I would rather Sly Cooper out of those two, but it's going to happen. Okay. That's my yeah, Someone in the chat said, why not uh, you know, a Sobe? Why not a Sobe? So yeah, they could do. They could return, bring your one of your IPs back. But I, you know, the, I mean, I love Astro. <laughs> I love Astro. They got the platforming skills. Certainly, I'm uh, I'm down with a Sobe. If they want to do it, I just feel like I didn't pick a Sobe because they literally like didn't the whole studio just get shuffled around like Japan Studio, and now it's now it's a Sobe over there, and I think they got some other thing going on. I mean. Yeah, it's I got like know. a they had assistance, didn't they, as well, from like England and Joe you know, the UK and different territories as well. I know um Joe you know, one of the developers in, in Liverpool kinda helped on on with some of the assets, I think, and stuff on uh, mm-hmm. Astro Playroom and so on and so forth. So um yeah, there's a, a mixture of people involved in that, isn't it? But no good yeah. shout. I went with Sumo because they made Sackboy big yeah, adventure. Yeah. So they've been working with PlayStation recently. All right, Tom, back to you. All right. Uh, Bandai Namco finally reveals a game that they've been working on for like over 10 years now. Uh, Tekken X Street Fighter finally gets actual gameplay and a release date. I was wondering where you were going with this. I forgot that game even got announced. Yeah, I mean, I always, I've always loved a Tekken combat system, so I would love to see it with an uh, actual Street Fighter. I mean, they've done it a little bit with uh, added Akuma in the most recent game, so if they can do that full round, I would love it. Oh, you're getting a little robot for me. Anybody else hearing Tom being a little robot? Yeah, a little yeah. robot, yeah. A little robot, a little robot. <laughs> a little robot. Uh, I said good things about Tekken. <laughs> I, I, heard, I heard them. They just sounded like a robot the same. Um, yeah, I would, I'd be down for that. That'd be cool. That'd be a big surprise, certainly. Come on. 
or I think this is prediction I have. So for my third prediction, I think during the Xbox and Bethesda showcase, we will be getting Zenimax Online Studios' new game. They're working on a new MMORPG, so I think I'm pretty sure we're going to be seeing that at this showcase. Okay. Talking too loud. That's a that's a that's a yeah. That's a tame one for you. Be- saving the best for last. Saving the oh, best. Okay. For but last. what but what universe are they going to go with? Fallout, Elder no, Scrolls it's Online. A new IP. It's a new IP. Right. Is that what is that what they confirmed? Yeah. Well, okay. that's what like Mr. Maddie says, so yeah. What if kind of Starfield is by them? Just oh. a proper curveball. It's like <laughs> we don't know what it is, and all of a sudden it's like this massive MMO or something. Oh god. <laughs> Everyone's expecting oh, like an epic fallout type game and it's kind of like this MMO. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> World of Warcraft. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want it to be that. Put it that way. No. No. But Twitter will be a war zone after that. Oh yeah. Uh, Chris, prediction number three here. Uh, I'm gonna go back in uh, back in time and a bit, a bit, uh, a bit, a bit of an old plug for for my old studio. I think okay. Sony will reveal a new wipeout finally. Okay. So I think, uh, I think it's an IP that deserves to, to live on. I think so. The, the, yeah. So this is just wild prediction. This, uh, no one read anything into this Twitter. I don't <laughs> want to see me being kind of quoted by journalists. So forward, I reckon. Confirms. Yeah. So I reckon, <laughs> yeah, I reckon Sony bring Wipeout back. And I think it will be, um, it will be Lucid, who are the, the guys who've done Destruction All-Stars. All because they contain quite a few previous Wipeout developers. Ooh. Makes the perfect combination for those. And they're a very talented team. X, Bizarre Creations, you name it. Um, so yeah, I think Wipeout and Lucid are making it. Yeah. There you go. Be, I mean, Wild prediction. Quoted on IGN tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it is a wild prediction. Um, I mean, they probably... I don't want to say they need a rebound after Destruction All Stars, uh, but they kind of need a rebound after Destruction All Stars, right? Like it, a game. It, it wasn't received. Yeah, it wasn't received very well, and it's nothing. Yeah, you know, it's nothing against the talent of the studio and stuff like that. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Joe. You know, it's it's one of those games. I think if Joe, you know, if there were more, I was saying that. I was I was going to say if there was more kind of PS fives in the wild and. There was a you know a more kind of diverse owner base of PS5 because at the minute you know the people who've got over the PS5s are enthusiasts, um, you know early adopters and so on and so forth, uh, and a lot of scalpers as we know unfortunately, and I'm sure scalpers are not playing anything whatsoever. They've just got them <laughs> ready to sell. Um, so I think if there was a you know if there was a good you know large larger kind of fan base of of varied uh, gamers. So more casual and stuff like that. I think there would be, you know, a, a decent player base on that. But I just think, unfortunately, it's one of those. It's just a game that's been kind of received at the wrong time. I think that would be a perfect game to release if there was a good, you know, thirty, forty, fifty million yeah. you know, PS5s knocking about, and you've got like a really good attachment rate. Give it away for free. Get people on it, and then. Um, and as I say, it's nothing against the you know the the development teams talented. You know, it's uh, 
it's a highly kind of polished game and things like that, but obviously they're looking at kind of introducing bots into it and stuff now to kind of to you know fill up those kind of servers and, and mm-hmm. games and things like that. But yeah, I mean, I would still give Lucid you know wipeout all day long. I know, I know the talent that exists there, and I know they would be able to resurrect that as a as a as a brand. And you could actually you could start looking at using the destruction all stars engine if you think about you know some of the stuff that the engines doing start to kind of change you know the world the assets so on and so forth you can kind of see them moving into that quite nicely wild prediction or is it or is it or was it or was it breaking news that's the title of this podcast or replacing former <laughs> PlayStation dev confirms the existence of Wipeout sequel. Um, I'll uh, I'll stick with uh, PlayStation and in a similar theme to you, bringing back an IP. I think we see the return of PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale, and it's just a Smash Brothers ripoff this time. They don't try to do the weird, you know, we're we're going to be a little different. Just rip it off. I don't put Final Destination in the game. I don't get you know, whatever. Like, give me a Battlefield clone. Give me stages that are just as ridiculous. I don't care. I just Smash Brothers clone PlayStation All Stars. I, I mean, could they Evo. Yeah, you could put it at Evo. That'd be perfect. I'm on. Yeah. You're making you're making my case for me. I just want to be a Ratchet yeah. and Clank main. It's really what I'm looking <laughs> for. <laughs> That would have made the game better if they just ripped it off initially. So I, yeah, if they made it, I'd be happy. I'd probably. Who, who do you want to work on it? Who do you think is working on it? Uh, I don't know who's working on it, man. <laughs> no one, <laughs> no one in reality. But that's what I'm going with. PlayStation All Stars coming back. Um, yeah, Tom, back to you. All right. Uh, Cover star, EA announces like the, for your, uh, Madden. The Madden cover star always gets injured. Oh, I mean, really? it's basketball, oh. dude. Everyone gets injured like <laughs> twice a season. It's a non-contact sport. How did they get injured? All right, Amon. We're up to you again. I'm waiting for the heat. All right, all right, all right. This one, this one's gonna be. This one's gonna be a good. One. All right. So, my prediction for this is, um, this is going to be the WB Game Showcase. Not an acquisition, just saying, not an acquisition. So we see um, Robert Downey Jr. walks walks on stage, and uh, Ed Boon walks on stage. They both together announce uh, Netherrealm's ne- upcoming game, which is going to be a Marvel-themed game, Avengers vs. X-Men. Robert Downey Jr. is going to be the star of it. He is going to be the face <laughs> face model of Iron Man himself. So yeah, he's, it's going to be the Keanu Reeves moment from um, what we had at E3 2019, RDJ. So Netherrealm, which is directly related to Warner Bros, who has rights to DC, is going to go out and get Marvel rights for your fighting game. Yes. That's what so, the, okay. those, that's what the rumors are so, so there are rumors that uh, yeah. Netherrealm is working on a Marvel fighting game already. Ed Boon even like winked at it on Twitter. like He knows the rumors are out there. So it's not the most far-fetched thing I've ever heard. And personally, I would love it. I would lose my mind if Robert Downey Jr. walked on stage and was like, <laughs> I'm Iron Man in a in a fighting game uh, for for <laughs> Nether Realm. 
I read the awesome. rumors that they were. Well, obviously, you know, um, parent companies kind of splitting, you know, trying yeah. to split all these Warner Brothers studios. So maybe, yeah, maybe that's already done. Maybe someone else has bought Nether Realm, and that's where the Marvel kickins coming. You know, Phil walks on with a Marvel T-shirt <laughs> and <laughs> becomes an Xbox studio. <laughs> just he every studio just becomes an Xbox studio. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, <laughs> brilliant. No, no, he comes on stage, he rips his shirt up, and there you see Netheron plus Xbox. <laughs> Mayday Bomber says, why not a Marvel versus DC fighting game if they have the Oh, uh, it's too soon property. for that. Too soon for that. Too soon? That'd I think they awesome. should do a Marvel-themed game and then build build up on a you know, um, Marvel versus DC game. I would like that. They should do their own video game universe where the exactly. story somehow inter- interconnects to, like, the Injustice game. MK, MK versus awesome. DC versus Marvel. Ed Boon, please. We need you. <laughs> Not the hero we deserve, but the hero we need. No, imagine, like, <laughs> Robin Downey Jr. and Henry Cavill both walk on stage and announce a Marvel versus DC game. That would be they look, sick. They do, like, that meme where they, like, you know, hold hands, yeah, yeah. like, the whole clutch. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's time. <laughs> that will be great. All right, that's a good one. Uh, Chris, you got another one for us? I don't know. I'm uh, I'm running. I could go. I could go. Kind of out. I wanted to save outrageous for towards the end, like really outrageous. Um, what's what's going on? What have what have I been discussing with uh, with other people? Um, I don't know. I'm. Uh, I'm caught. Um, I might just go with the outrageous one now. I think, go for uh, it. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Gonna say Phil and Jim walk on and <laughs> Xbox acquire Sony. You know what he was. Oh my god! <laughs> you <laughs> you Phil walks on, opens his jacket, and he's got a picture of Jim <laughs> Ryan, and then. Keanu Reeves comes out, says, you're breathtaking. Jim comes out, and it just becomes metal. And that's why Sony have not got their own event at E3, because it's part <laughs> of the Bethesda <laughs> Xbox. We said 90 minutes, and we meant nine hours. Let's go. Oh, uh, you haven't you haven't talked you said you said two things now that Amon has been uh, has been has said before. Yeah, I've, I've been pitching this for the last like Seven weeks, no, th- thirty-four weeks. Thirty-four weeks. Yeah, I think you said on our first podcast you were like, "I should buy Sony." <laughs> IGN tomorrow is going to be former Sony dev for the joke. <laughs> confirmed wipeout and Xbox and acquisition. <laughs> I'm gonna send. I'm gonna. I'm gonna email Ryan McCaffrey after this. Ryan, I got a scoop. You're not gonna believe. <laughs> you're not gonna believe this. Yeah. His dev was off, off, off cuff. He was, he was going crazy. All right, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with uh, Nintendo. Uh, the final two characters in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate are revealed, and they are Crash Bandicoot and Lloyd Irving from Tales of Symphonia. So Crash Bandicoot for the West and Tales of Rap. No Master Chief. No, I don't want Master Chief in Smash. Okay. What do you I mean want... final two? So we're not going to get any more characters after this? This is the last two of the fighters pass, pass and Sakurai uh, hasn't announced the third one yet, which I would love if he did. I will keep. I will buy as many characters as you want to make. Um, but 
these are supposed to be the last two. And last E3, we got Banjo-Kazooie and um, Hero from Dragon Quest. So they like doing multiple reveals at E3. They've done it before for Smash 4. And they like doing something for the Western audience and something for the East. So I think this is uh, pretty good. And Lloyd scored highly in the ballot uh, in both Japan and the West. So make it happen, please. Please. I think I'm probably the only one here that cares about Smash, really. Yeah. <laughs> You're like in the pro scene and fighting in tournaments and getting, you got money the other day on Smash. So yeah, I would say, I would say so. Yeah. All right. Tom, we're, we're coming down to the, the last few here. Let's, uh, let's make them good. All right. So Ubisoft announces a Splinter Cell full reboot. Every story that happened prior is gone. Doesn't matter. We're going to get Sam Fisher, fresh new game, just like they would do with Tomb Raider. That Sam Fisher when he was a kid, like a prequel. To- oh, yeah, he's <laughs> like crawling. We've had crawling. normal, he, he, we've he, had like old He finds a like, goggles on the ground, puts it on. <laughs> Time to go get the milk. You get trained. You stole mine. That was one of yours? Yeah, that was my last one. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, I what baby Sam Fisher? Okay, let me just do mine then. Let me just say it in my dramatic way. So basically, we see a cinematic tease. There's mist all over the screen. We see a silhouette walking from far behind. He slowly walk, makes his way through. Then as he gets closer, we see the three green beams glowing. And then he comes in front of the camera, picks his goggles up, and boom, splinters out. I'd, yeah, I'd but buy you, that. you added on to it. You made mine cinematic. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That, listen, as another one. As I've said before, I don't like Ubisoft games, but if they I, like, I don't care about the company unless they give me a Splinter Cell. So that's that's where I'm at with that. I'd be up for a Splinter Cell reboot, definitely. Yeah. Would we? It's would would Ironside be in your cinematic vision as well, Amon? The voice of the voice of Sam. Oh yeah, that, that would be perfect. That would be perfect, man. His that little, a little, a little statement in his gruff uh, voice. <laughs> what he left out was at the end of it was uh, comes to our new mobile game, comes to Division <laughs> Heartland. <laughs> I can see that too happening. That's the, we all start crying. <laughs> you got, you got Sam Fisher. Sam Fisher comes to Valhalla, and it was kind of like his ancestor. <laughs> He's got his his goggles, kind of just like made out of bone or something. It's a skin for yeah, skin for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I think I think he'll come to Watch Dogs Legion. Yeah, oh yeah, you can recruit him on the street. (laughs) Yeah, he's just having like a burger and a joint or something. You just recruit him. They just panned the, the virtual audience and see tears running out of his cheeks. Chris, I know you said you're running out. If you don't have any more, that's fine. We can uh, we can go to mine. No, I, I've got. So I think I, I've got a. So a while ago, um, Xbox were having conversations with Warner Brothers, um, mm-hmm. and obviously it didn't quite work out. The reason I don't think it worked out is because they were in the middle of the. Bethesda or the Zenimax acquisition, so it's a. Uh, and I knew they were at kind of like lawyer conversation point, uh, Xbox and Warner Brothers. Um, and I just think it. Is this inside information got, or? 
this is this is something that happened when the original oh. rumors. So when the original rumors went about that Xbox was speaking to Warner Brothers, and then um, obviously Warner, the parent company, came out and said we're not selling. And yeah. lo and behold, they are selling again. What a surprise! Um, <clears throat> I think that was kind of okay. We're having a conversation. We're now going to say we're not selling to see if anyone else goes. Will you sell? You know, and they've kind of come back in the market again. Um, so I think that could have been, um, Joe, that could have been stopped because it was just getting a bit complicated with the Zenimax stuff. Um, I think there was also a slight issue around, you know, where some of the kind of IP lies, so where kind of Batman lies and, and things like that. Um, but to get talent like Rocksteady and, and people like that, I think it would, excuse me, it would be a worthwhile acquisition. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of re- rears its head and if if Xbox want to do a kind of acquisition stunt at the show, it, it could be, Joe, it could be like a Warner Brothers connection or something. Wouldn't surprise me if that kind of resurrects itself again, that's ah. for sure. Well, yeah. if I'm being honest, I wouldn't want Warner Bros. if we don't get the Batman IP. That's I think that's the most valuable asset when you're acquiring uh, Warner Rocksteady. Come on. Yeah, but like an original IP from Rocksteady, I don't think so. I'd let but, I'd let Rocks I'd let Rocksteady do something do something new. I know what you're saying about Batman. I'm a huge Batman fan. Um, yeah, exactly. But it's a talented team a good engine you know awesome fight mechanic yeah um, but i want rocksteady to make more dc games you know i don't want them to make original ip they're great at they're great at making dc games so yeah take away the creativity it. you know <laughs> yeah. you're, not, you're never allowed um i suppose you've got like monolith as well so i'd be quite excited for yeah. you know if there's an acquisition yeah. you get monolith so you you obviously i think that there was rumors wasn't there of like a reboot of uh Shadow of Mordor again, or like a next gen version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd love Monolith to kind of bring condemned criminal origins or something back, to be honest. Ooh, throwback. Yeah, oh, it was a great game. I think it was Underrated. published by Sega or something at the time, wasn't it? So, I, uh, so yeah, Warner I, Brothers, sorry. I want someone to make a Flash game, like The Flash, not a Flash game. Okay. The Flash. <laughs> That's, that's not my prediction. I'm just saying, like, he's my favorite DC yeah. hero. So if you have the rights, please, someone. Uh, and I only say that because I played Infamous Second Son recently, and the mm-hmm. the fetch's power basically was the Flash. And I was just like, I want to see yeah. like a sweet version of that. Yeah, yeah. You could imagine some cool gameplay mechanics with you know what was done in you know in the uh, you know, Zack Snyder's re you know re- revisit of. Um, I can't even remember the. Yeah, just the sleek. So I think all of like Flash's kind of scenes in that were just like so cool. You know that kind of like freezing time or you know mm-hmm. th- those elements. So yeah, I think you're onto something there. I think there'd be some really nice kind of gameplay mechanics. I want a Superman game. Uh, I really no, don't. We've had them. No one wants it. No. Go <laughs> play Superman Why, 64 want... and then tell me you want it. <laughs> No, but uh, that Superman game would just be really cool, I think. Um, I, I think Monolith were working on that, and the project got cancelled. Some Something happened with that. Like, I'm biased, because I, like, I don't like Superman as a as a character. I think he's boring. 
Oh my. Flies, doesn't he? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm invincible. Only a rock. Like, oh my God, you're so boring, bro. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so he has some cool stories. Like uh, there are like dark side. Like there's lots of cool stories. Superman, but uh, him as a character, I don't care about. Um, okay, my turn. Uh, I'm gonna talk about Team Ninja here, and I know everyone's probably thinking, "Oh, he's gonna talk about the Final Fantasy origin rumor." Uh, I'm not. They, uh, PlayStation's gonna get that, uh, but Ninja Gaiden Four is gonna be announced and exclusive to Xbox. They're gonna they're gonna give one to each. So that's where I'm at. That's my that's my thing. Ninja Gaiden is coming back. Nice. There were rumors of that. Like I think earlier, I think uh, earlier this year there were rumors of that. So yeah, I can see that. Tom. All right. Square shows off Final Fantasy VII Episode Two, and confirm that both Episode One and Two and the remainder of that franchise is not coming to Xbox. Not at all. <laughs> Not coming to Xbox at all. <laughs> at all. So everyone at ho- cool. is hoping and still like lingering, like you know, they announced Final Fantasy VII for Xbox eventually. No, it's not. They can't. They, they're going to cancel it, and it's not happening. It's canceling it. Can they well, do? Phil, I think Phil did, did did say that that it was coming to Xbox. He said more Final Fantasy is coming. I don't know if Final Fantasy VII remake was ever specified. All we know is that it says like at the end where it's like console exclusivity and whatever. Xbox just acquired Square Enix and you know end all of this. <laughs> Om versus Amon, Dawn of Superman reboots. It says Yellow Devil. Um, what were we talking about? Predictions. Right. It's your turn, Amon. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. um, so I think um, we'll get a Star Wars game from an Xbox studio announced at E3 this year. Uh, I'm not sure exactly which studio it's going to be, but there were rumors again earlier this year that Xbox had um, sort of licensed out an IP from Lucasfilm Games uh, to either remaster or remake or make a completely new game. And I think... Um, I. Th- think the Zenimax Online Studios' game is going to be a Star Wars game. But yeah, we'll see. Weren't Massive supposed <laughs> to be rumored to be doing a Star Wars game as well? Exactly. The guys, yeah, guys they, division. they are. It's confirmed. Yeah, they definitely do a Star Wars game, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. they confirmed. But that's like years out because they have the Avatar game yeah. coming before, the, before that and then it's the Star Wars Okay. Now, when you say Avatar game, are you talking the blue people or the airbender? Blue people. Blue people. Oh, I'm immediately less excited. I'm immediately careless. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, though, that snowdrop engine, though. Oh, it's funny. Glorious. Even the division with, uh, with its kind of FPS boost and auto HDR. Uh, H- yeah, HDR looks amazing still. Okay. No, I think, they, I think they can make a great Avatar game. You know, the world is like, it looks. Beautiful, so I think they can make a great one. You mean Pocahontas in space? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what Avatar is. <laughs> I don't like that movie. Uh, there's my hot take, Yellow Devil. I don't like that movie. Uh, Chris, last few. You got another one? Um, yeah, so I think. I've kind of um, shouted about these, so I'm not sure whether we'll see anything at E3. I, th- I hope we do. 
So Embark Studios. So Patrick Sutherland, Joe former DICA, um Joe New Studio. Some of their stuff looks good. Uh Phil's being photoed with Patrick quite a bit and Embark. Um so I think there's something brewing with Xbox and Embark. Um whether it's an exclusive or whether you know, it could be a timed exclusive, it could be a marketing deal or something, but I've just got faith in in the talent at that studio. If you know, it could be a kind of a reimagined, you know, battlefield type game, you know, you know, completely kind of removed from maybe constraints that EA had around Battlefield and they wanted to do do something different. I think if you do a little bit of digging, you will see uh little bits of footage of kind of like space exploration type footage uh from embark uh if you if you look deep enough um so yeah i think something interesting is brewing there i hope whatever they're working on is shown at e3 and i've got a feeling there'll be some type of tie-in with uh xbox i certainly haven't seen jim ryan getting photos with uh patrick Sutherland. that's for sure so <laughs> so who knows but there we go and i think phil's been quite vocal about visiting that studio so um as we know phil has a purpose to to talking about things yeah hold on before we get to the ne- ne- uh, next thing yellow devil says next episode needs a phil spencer deep fake panel guest <laughs> we just need phil spencer <laughs> oh yeah i'm sure he'll, he'll come right over <laughs> uh my turn I'm going to go, I'm saving the last two. Uh, Nintendo, going back to Nintendo, announces a Mario and Luigi RPG for the Switch. I love Mario and Luigi RPG. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's been a while since we've had one. Uh, The studio, I forget the name that was doing these games, closed down in like 2019. So they have the IP just sitting there. And I would really love if they just brought it back. Would it be for Switch though, or Switch Pro? Would it be? This is the reason why you get a Switch Pro. Well, no, I don't think it's the reason you get. I a don't Switch know. Pro. We believe in generations. <laughs> but I, Mario I, Luigi Switch RPG. actually believes in generations. No, I, I don't think. Well, first of all, I don't think uh, the Switch Pro will be. I think everything you play on the Switch Pro, you'll also be able to play on the Switch. I just think it'll play yeah. better on the Switch Pro. That's that's how I'm viewing the Switch Pro. Um, so I. You know, because they got the Switch Lite too. They don't want to maybe like, mm. uh, well, I mean, to be fair, there are games you can't play on the Switch Lite, like Mario Party. But, yeah, yeah, Mario Luigi uh, RPG, make it happen. That's that's what I would love. Uh, I love Thanks. that series. It needs to come back. Tom, we're down to the final two. All right. So Activision revives one of the worst hated Call of Duty games, Call of Duty Ghost, and makes Call of Duty Ghost two. No, no, no. Hot take. I like Call of Duty Ghost. I like love the story. Like, I like the campaign. That's like the only Call reason Duty. I want another one. That's why I brought it up. My, my friends and I, I, like I had Call a blast in Call of Duty Ghost. Uh, we used to go into Search and Destroy and all put on Riot Shields and C4 and then just crawl on the ground while people are like defusing the bomb and trap them <laughs> in like a Riot Shield thing so they couldn't shoot us because they're on our bed. Like, it was We're the barricading funniest. them. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, seriously, we just barricaded the last guy. It was the most fun Call of Duty. Like the last time I actually enjoyed that franchise. So, Ooh, it, yeah, okay. cool. yeah. I really like this campaign. Come on, last two. 
Bring the fire. He muted himself. Okay, for my next one, I think... Um, so, Square Enix, they have their showcase on the Saturday before uh, E3. So, uh, I think they'll end their showcase off with a new Tomb Raider game. Ta- exclusively on Xbox. A time exclusive. You think? Yeah. I mean, didn't they just... Wasn't that supposed to be a trilogy? Well, was the yeah, trilogy to, like, hype people up? Yeah, but probably... Didn't they bring it? Yeah, they think... brought it to an end, didn't they? Could they could reboot it, or are you you kind of doing a full re- a full three sixty where Xbox got loads of stick for making Tomb Raider kind of timed exclusive, and it just goes back to they just go, we don't care now. And this is like <laughs> we're full doing exclusive. it again. <laughs> New trilogy, start from scratch, boys. <laughs> this is Lara Croft now. This is a completely different model. <laughs> like, oh, we got sixteen of these. Um, I don't know. Tomb Raider's never been a franchise I really uh, connected with, so wouldn't wouldn't do much for me. But plus, we have uh, Indiana Jones from uh, oh, yeah, like uh, machine. Who's making that machine? So machine, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if they would want like a competing because we all expect Indiana Jones to be similar to Tomb Raider and Uncharted, right? So I don't know if they would want that competing with it. Will it be similar, said it'd be similar to them, or will it be first person? Yeah, will it be kind of yeah. total curveball and do a kind of Bioshock first person like story driven, yeah. like a dying like parkour-ish? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exploration, yeah. Mirror's Edge vibe. Yeah. Mayday Bomber asked, "Who would even make the Tomb Raider game?" Crystal Dynamics is still Crystal being Dynamics. forced. No, Crystal. He says Crystal Dynamics is still being forced to make that failure of Avengers. <laughs> Avengers, yeah. Well, yeah, Crystal Dynamics are working on a Guardians yeah, of the they're... Galaxy game, similar to yeah. Avengers. Yeah, they confirmed That's, it. Then they should just give up if they saw the reception with Avengers. Yeah. But yeah, isn't um, isn't uh, not Crystal Dynamics the um, the Montreal studio that Square Enix has? Uh, they're making the Guardians of a Gal- the Galaxy game. Oh, that okay. Jason yeah, Schreier. Uh, yeah, Jason Schreier said mm. that. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, Square Enix is making a Avengers-type Guardians of the Galaxy. I hope it's not Avengers. So they, if, if it's anything no, like Avengers, they need to... A... Oh, God. <laughs> they, better, they better retool that. Um, all right, Chris, final two. If you got big ones, uh, now's the time. So final two in this one, or have we got one more round after this one? Yeah, one more. So, like, yeah, okay. give give one, and then your final one. Uh, okay, so I'm I'm really interested in what Compulsion are doing. So, okay. the the thing that really kind of piqued my interest with Compulsion is Bioshock meets Uncharted. Um, and I think Compulsion, you know, I think We Happy Few kind of shows what Compulsion have got in their locker. If you think, obviously, it was wasn't really kind of you know hugely funded and so on and so forth and obviously at launch it was it had a few issues and stuff like that but you know we can obviously you know look back look past some of those you know it's it's a big game it's ambitious it, you know it had some like really nice mechanics and things so i think being part of uh the xbox umbrella you know big triple a budget you know extra support so on and so forth um i think was it was it jason ronald or I think it was Jason Ronald, or 
It was someone basically said they're supposed to be working on a Bioshock meets Uncharted yeah. type game, and that could be incredible. So a little teaser or some gameplay or just something to show us what, what they're working on on that side would, would excite me no end. I haven't heard about that. That's that's cool. That's on yeah, yeah Bioshock meets Uncharted, yeah. Well, one of his most anticipated projects with yeah, he said the initiatives project and compulsion project. They're yes, his please. most anticipated ones. So. Cool. That'd be exciting. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about that. <laughs> um all right, I'll give my uh, penultimate one. Uh, Sega teases a sequel to Yakuza Like a Dragon called Yakuza Way of the Dragon, launching day one on Game Pass and Time Console exclusive. I love Wrong. I love Like a Dragon. I think it's uh, phenomenal. <laughs> Why wow, it's in my top ten games of all time. That's my game of the year last oh. year. I can't I can't rave about it enough. Tom's playing it right now. Lord Cognito, who we had on a few weeks ago, I think he just beat it. So, uh, yeah, give me give me more Yakuza uh, like a dragon universe and their buddy buddy with a uh, Sega. So I think Xbox can Yakuza can become the dragon. I went. I went with the way of the dragon. <laughs> sounds sounds cooler. I think. I can see uh, that actually happening. If I get the cool. if I get the title, uh, Sega, you are legally required to hire me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Last one, buddy. All right. So during the Microsoft presentation, Gabe Newell, head of Steam. Or Valve <laughs> walks onto stage and he says, Half Life Alex is coming to the Xbox Series X now with supported HTC Vive and Oculus support. Boom. Wow. Okay. okay. That would be big. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, that I would be a mic drop moment. Yeah. I think you should just do like Half Life, Half Life 3. Xbox Three on it, Xbox VR support on Xbox. Yeah, I'm just yeah, not big on. I'm yeah, just not big I, on I VR. Like, I don't like VR, dude. That much. So, uh, Flight Simulator supposed to come to Xbox eventually. I think that game would be so freaking fantastic with some sort of. Oh, VR I agree. Answer. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably. I have to get, have to get your VR legs. Uh, so I, I, I've got like a Quest Two, and I like certain games on it and stuff. But um, any flight sim game, oh my god, I'm. Like, Can you imagine going feels, down? Feels so sick after about <laughs> two minutes. Of it, so. You're flying flight sim in VR. You run out of f- fuel. The plane starts going down. <laughs> like man, I played. I played uh, first time I pl- ever played VR was in a Best Buy and. I forget what game it was, but basically you were a mountain climber and you stood on the side of a mountain and you could look down and you would just be standing on a tiny platform <laughs> and the ocean is just oh like 40 <laughs> feet below you. My heart rate on my Fitbit spiked to like 140. Like I was having, I was panicking over here. I don't like heights. And this game was, this game was freaking me out. So if I'm in a plane flight sim VR, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to have some life alert system to automatically alert the uh, ambulance. Amon, <laughs> uh, last one. Okay. Uh, this this is where my splinter cell one was supposed to come in, but I do have a backup. So uh, 
Nintendo Nintendo Showcase. Breath of the Wild 2 get, gets announced, Metroid Prime 4 gets announced, Bayonetta 3 gets, annou- uh, gets announced, and Pokemon Shiny Pearl and Relief Diamond. And at the end of the show, Switch Pro is revealed. And then Doug Bowser, I think he's at Nintendo, he comes on and says, oh, by the way, all of these are going to be launching alongside Switch Pro. So Bayonetta 3, Breath of the Wild 2, Metroid Prime 4, and Pokemon Sh- Shiny Pearl and Brilliant Diamond all launch alongside the Nintendo Switch Pro. All reasonable, oh. besides Metroid. That game is yeah. never coming out. <laughs> <laughs> so the Poke- so that would put the Switch Pro release date in November, because right? Because Pokemon, yeah. Pokemon got dated for November? Yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll come out come out around that time. Man, November would drain my bank account then. <laughs> We're getting Switch Pro. <laughs> like, oh man, yeah. I I I don't think it's the most unreasonable prediction. Like it would be a get hype moment for sure. Um, yeah. Like, That's yeah. why I think I personally think Nintendo's gonna have the best showcase in C three. I mean, they have to. My Switch has been a Smash Brothers machine since January 2020, so they need something to get me playing it. Yeah. It might be the uh, time for me to trade my Switch in just before the pros announce so I can then buy. I think there's a deal in the UK at the minute where if you trade a Switch in, you get like a Series S for like 40 quid or something. So if you want like a, yeah, if you want like a secondary. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Game UK. Um, I think you can trade a PlayStation console in or like an Xbox One. Where? Get, uh, uh, where? At CX? At CX? No, or? Game. Game UK. Okay. So I'm if you trade in it, an Xbox One or PS4, you can get one for £99. If you trade in a Switch or Lite or whatnot, you get it for £40. So I'm, I'm going to so. send you over my Switch. And you do that for me and get me that serious yeah. ass and send it back to me. I know when the next gen consoles are coming out here, Games GameStop, which is the American version of Game, they're the yeah. same company. Um, they had, I think it was two fifty if you trade in your Xbox towards the one of the next gen consoles. I think they were giving you, so it was like half, basically like cutting your price in half. So. I'm hoping they do something for the Switch if the Switch yeah. Pro comes out, and then I can be like, "Here's my Switch. Give me that Switch Pro for like a hundred bucks or something like that. Would be great. I would love that. Yeah, it would be. Oh, I imagine the Switch Pro launches at like five hundred bucks. I don't care what yeah. it launches at. Like if it's a if it's a big enough upgrade, I'm gonna get it. If it's not that I big of an upgrade, big I think it's just gonna be like um, 4K resolution. That's it. If it's just Whoa, okay, it's also it's, it's also gonna bro. have Android integration and you can make phone calls on it. The OLED the, the OLED <laughs> uh, they, they, might, they might get the OLED uh, OLED screen and uh, sixty frames and whatnot. I think well, I what if the Switch Pro was not a handheld and it was just like it's a that's home what, console again? That's what I want. I've been yeah. saying that for hey. us. Just give me yeah. a dedicated home switch because I, I've played my switch in handheld mode maybe one percent in the last three mm-hmm. years. So it's not even worth it for me. Like, I don't care about the OLED screen. I don't care about the increased battery life. I literally just want 4K and more power. Just give me just give me more power. Like, put it on... My dream is, like, it becomes as powerful as, like, the PS4 Pro. Yeah. Good job. No, I prefer the handheld. Uh, 
Forget that. I don't need that handheld. The Joy-Cons are the worst controller ever made. And it, it's not comfortable to hold in handheld. Like, oh, it's infuriating. Uh, N64? No. Joy-Cons are worse than the N64. Okay. <laughs> my, my left stick on the Switch Lite has got drift already, so <laughs> that's why I want to trade it in. He, just, he took it out of the box with a drift on it. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the problem. All right. Final prediction there, Chris? Uh, so I've got two. I've got a very quick one, which I think EA will reboot Medal of Honor and just say, "Okay, we've had enough of we've had enough of of you, Activision and your Call of Duty. We're gonna bring Medal of Honor and actually Medal of Honor War Fighters was it or something where they're kind of modern version. I really enjoyed the campaign on that. I think it was uh, better than a COD campaign. So that that's yeah. just my little one. Um, I'll go with uh, you know." With what was said, what Tom said earlier, um, I think Gabe's going to come on and go. Steam is on Xbox. Enjoy. I think there's going to be an Xbox Game Pass. There's going to be a Steam Game Pass partnership in some way, shape, or form. I think the and the reason why I think something will happen with it is I don't know if you guys saw that like mobile phone footage of Gabe in yes, like New school. Zealand, yeah, yeah, New Zealand, and someone said. Someone had the, the you know, the courage to say, "Will Steam come to console?" And he, he he kind of answered in a very in a very interesting way. And let's face it, Gabe is is one for kind of saying how he how it is. Um, so I think that'd be quite interesting. Although your kind of Switch Pro stuff, with created a wild scenario in my head where the Switch Pro is a is a becomes a home console. So there's no handheld version anymore, but then they announced Game Pass on it, and uh, X Cloud allows you to play Switch games in handheld mode. On yeah, your that's great. <laughs> so it's just a mental tie-up. That would be awesome. It'll be Phil wearing some type of Nintendo shit. Whatever, whatever craziness happens, it's Phil revealing it on a T-shirt. <laughs> he doesn't even have to do it on a T-shirt. Like during the presentation. <laughs> He literally brings his home office on stage <laughs> and does yeah, it. He just puts a shelf in the background. Guess what's happening? The Xbox subreddit made a bingo card for the presentation, and one of them is literally Phil Spencer's t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mayday Bauer says, and it has a graphic along with Medal of Honor peeing on the grave of Titanfall. Oh, Titanfall! Actually, that's that was the that was another one I wanted to say. Titanfall three. Oh, okay. I would. Yeah. I'll be quiet now. Yeah. I think it, I, I think it deserves a game. It deserves, deserves better than what it got. Yeah. Titanfall two yeah. is great. That multiplayer was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. All right. Last prediction, and I'm gonna I'm gonna end it off here. Uh, Everwild is shown. It is an open world RPG similar to Breath of the Wild. And wins an award at the E3 award show. I'd love that. It's, uh, I can't wait to see what Rare do with Everwild. The game just looks beautiful, and I love Rare. Yeah. And yeah, me too. I was just thinking. So like, I hope your prediction be? comes true. <laughs> if any prediction happens, I hope yours comes that true. One. Yeah. I've, but, yeah I've... but you're wrong, though, because it's not going to be a Breath of the Wild's clone. It's going to be a party simulator, sort of like Fusion Frenzy. Because we don't know what that game is, and it, that that's what I'm saying. Nothing. I'm telling you, it's an open world RPG. 
And I'm telling you, it's going to be a party game. Please don't make it a party RPG. game. It's Mario. It's DLC. Like it's DLC to Sea of Thieves. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, go, you go to one island on Sea of Thieves, and suddenly the art style and everything just changes. Change. It becomes really beautiful. <laughs> Animals everywhere. All right. Well, there and are our. They're a very underrated developer. I think you're right, and though. Then, I think Kevin, the... you oh, yeah. It, then. You don't like open world games. I'll play it because it's rare, though. Yeah, no, and Everwild looks beautiful. The art style, like I'm gonna play it no matter what, and it's on Game Pass, so. And and I am Kevin, aka the Muffin Mon. Uh, it's a one and seven I and an O and seven A. You can find me there at Twitter, uh, any social media. So come, come hang out, and remember, please, everyone. Uh, go to Apple and drop us a review and rating, uh, please. That's that's my one request. Let's get to twenty, and maybe I'll do a giveaway of some sort if we can get those uh, get those up. So if you really want a giveaway of something, go go rate us on on Apple and review Game Pass. Game Pass and tweet giveaway. it at us. Yeah, Game Pass giveaway, sure, sure. Uh, but we gotta get we gotta get twenty before I agree to anything, and then we'll do a competition. So uh, thanks everyone for watching. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Wait, yellow devil, you can't hang me in this comment section. <laughs> Man, he's a riot. Oh, that was a long one. That was a long one. Those predictions took longer than I thought.